What's up, everybody? You're listening to No Coast Cinema here on WGM Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush. I'm Connor Cornelius. And Tom, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm good. A little bit uh, under the weather here, as you can tell from this really nasally voice I've got going on. Yeah, but it's got a little bit of a gruff to it, which it sounds gravelly and, good. and sexy, frankly. Tom. I've been I actually signed up for that. You know those masterclass videos that you can sign up for. I did Clint, absolutely Clint Eastwood's voiceover. Really, masterclass. So yeah. you always sound like you're just sort of baring your teeth at people. Yeah. Yeah, um, it requires that I smoke five packs of cigarettes a day. Okay, well, you're already halfway there. Yeah, so. pretty much. I'm working up to it. I'm working up to it. <laughs> yeah, the, it's a regiment. Um, you know, but it's. I think it'll pay off in the end when I exclusively voice um, DreamWorks animation villains. Well, I mean, there's a hot market for that, too. And, I mean, you, you have the dedication and the pipes to be able to do that, Tom. So I believe in you. Well, thank you. Yeah, there we All go. Right. Wow. <laughs> Sneak preview, guys. Yeah. For you. Uh, dumb bits aside... <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck you, man. <laughs> I thought that was a dynamite bit. All frankly. right, we'll put that in the pocket of great bits. Um, uh, we're so lucky to welcome back one of our favorite guests. Uh, he is one of the programmers at Comfort Film, and he also works with uh, Full Spectrum Features. And he's, he's you know what? I think the last four, maybe three, four guests that we've had have name-dropped this man yep. because he's just everywhere in Chicago cinema. Uh, Mr. Raul Benitez, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me again. Um, we're having you back here to talk a little bit about what's going to be coming up this season, sort of with a uh, comfort film. Now you've already had a few events already at comfort. Yeah, film. we we basically started like sec, like the second to the last week of March. Wow! So, and you're already so you're just in it now. Yeah, we're in it now, full force. And it's going to be going on all through this summer, um, in, a bit into the fall, right? Yeah. So we're pretty much programmed till November and then June we take a day off because we have a special programming month at a conversation called the Power Project. Okay. Where we bring in special uh programmers and curators for that month and they they pick four of them and they each do each do a week. Um so we'll be taking a break in June. Okay. Cuz you do take breaks. I mean, this is every Wednesday typically. E- yeah, so it's every Wednesday. Um, and the uh, the other break we take is after in January to January to April we take like three months off, right? Just so you know, because so, it's winter, and nobody you know yeah, nobody right. wants to do no, anything. It's, it's and, freezing. And so in the studio right now we have Raúl Benitez, but you are saying we a lot. So I know we we've had your other uh, coworker on as well before, Nando Espinosa. Who else do you work with? Yeah, so we have this? two assistants that that work, have been with us since last year, and that's uh, Emily Perez and Matthew Tapney. Um, and they basically help us uh, program and do a lot of the setup at screenings, stuff like that. And actually, Emily, uh, she does the blog on our website at the Conversation website, where she interviews who we're going to have the week before or the week yeah. or in following week. So she does that for us. Um, so that's something that we've been wanting to do is like kind of give you know uh, visitors to our site like more information about upcoming screenings you know and talk about right the people who were showing that that week or the next week after whatever yeah uh so for folks who have not yet heard of comfort station and comfort film give us a little bit of a overview of what comfort film is and what kind of the goal is yeah so comfort film is a program under comfort station the comfort station we are a non-profit and we're based at the comfort station was the name of our building in the middle of Logan Square on Milwaukee. 
Abbott's 2579 North Milwaukee. And uh, outside of the film, there's two other like core projects that we do there. And that's arts and music and, and film. And film is on Wednesdays. And then we have music on Thursdays. And then we have a monthly art show uh, for the month. And then we do a whole other bunch of other stuff. Um, I mean, you guys are constantly busy. Yeah, we have we've gotten more stuff, uh, you know, and busier throughout the throughout the years. And uh, like last year was probably our busiest year. I think we had over like, oh man, I think something like over two hundred and something events. Wow. Yeah. Um, and for our volunteer staff, that's baffling. Um, and actually, it's funny because we've talked to other places, like our director Jordan Martin's talked to other places, and they're amazed how much stuff we get in for being an all-volunteer force. And, you know, like even real galleries with real people that are getting paid don't even have that many events. In addition to Raul, we are also joined by uh, Emily Perez. She is an assistant programmer over at Comfort Film. Uh, so nice to have you on the show. First time here. Yeah, it's my first time. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do over at Comfort Film. I know Raul talked a little bit about it, but uh, doing interviews and stuff with the uh, the filmmakers and other things like that? Yeah, so um, I've been at Comfort for just about a year now um, and filling the assistant programming position when they uh, put out a post on Instagram that was like, we're looking for an assistant programmer. And uh, I had recently finished up an internship at Facets and... I'd always liked comfort as a space, as a really unique art space, and wanted to be a part of that, and then just stuck around and continued to program. And it's been really insightful to see, um, both to get in contact with all these local filmmakers and, you know, see the actual function of the process of putting together these things. And it's been really interesting, too, kind of part of what I've been wanting to do this year, and, and I've done a couple of them, is... Uh, interview the people putting together these programmers po- programs putting together these programs uh, especially because we've had this guest curation series going on mm-hmm. and so we have a lot of these people come in with programs they've specifically put together um, and talking to them about the concepts they've put together and why they put these films in the order they put them in because curation really is an art of its own and when you get to talk to people you get to learn why not why they're interested in a subject, not only that, but also why they're assembling something the way they're assembling it. And so I've been able to have some pretty great conversations in that regard. And so I think that would be a good transition to maybe talk about some of the May programming that you guys have been doing, because uh, you're listening, this is May May 14th, Monday is when we release our episodes. Um, We are recording it on a Saturday, but the first Comfort Film uh, May program is going to be on May 16th. And then, uh, you know, Raul and Emily, I guess I give you guys the floor to yeah, discuss um, it a little bit. First of all, I want to say that Emily's done a great job with the interviews nice. um, on our site. So you can read those at uh, conversationloganquare.org. Um, that, and that's something, like I said before, I've been wanting to do a while is like get more insight about what we're doing. So Emily's doing a great job for those. But for May programming, next Wednesday, May 16th, uh, we are going to have Zach Piper as part of our guest curator series. He's the producer behind the um, the Gene, not, not the Gene Sisko, but the uh, Roger Ebert documentary, Life Itself. Life Itself. Oh wow! Yeah, I love that. So he's uh, he's worked at Cartemquin, and so he's going to put a program together for us. Uh, one 
uh, one of the films is Inquiring Nuns, which is about uh, two nuns that they follow around these two nuns who are just asking people if they are if they are happy, mm-hmm. and they get like all kinds of responses with that question. And then we're we showing a short documentary about Mike Royko, uh, legendary Chicago writer, right? And uh, hit, most of the, a lot of footage is of them at the Billy Goat, which is literally right underneath <laughs> us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like the softball team that they're in uh-huh. back in the day when like all the reporters used to hang out at the at the Billy Goat. Um, now it's like mostly tourists, I think. Yeah, and uh, us. Yeah, <laughs> from time to time. From time to time. I haven't been there in a while, so. But have uh, you all seen Inquiring Nuns? No, not no. It's it's actually it's a super interesting kind of piece of Chicago history too, because it's you know Chicago. I'm trying to remember if it's like the late 60s and 70s, but it's a bunch of these. It's these two nuns going around and asking people in different parts of the city. Are you happy? Um, and that's the entire premise of it. And it's a really fascinating kind of look at both how people respond to nuns in full habits and also uh, a bit of, you know, what Chicago looked like then and what people were like in the... It'll be interesting to see how your audience reacts to the, the answers because it sounds like a premise that's pretty timeless. Yeah. Are you happy? It sounds like it'll age perfectly. Yeah. 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 So we're excited to be showing those and Zach's bringing those to us. Um, and then the thir- 23rd, we are teaming up with the Chicago Latino Film Festival and their programmer, Maria Lopez. So we'll be showing two uh, documentaries that night. Um, the Joy of Sound, a 20, was that 2016 film? Yep. Um, and then the other movies, Palenque, about a town, like one of the first towns of Colombia to to become liberated from European, you know, uh domination i guess or conquest if yeah. you want to say so that is uh that's the 23rd and then everybody's favorite series releasing abandoned forgotten oddities of the home video era nice. with paul for tag fey um the first night the, the first night of the series we're just going to be showing a bunch of trailers that he's found that uh only played on vhs tapes and nowhere else because they made special trailers for vhs tapes and so he's gonna be showing a bunch of those on may 30th so those should be fun and uh we have you know the programming for that series the rest of the year is really great now I, when he do you know his process about how is he getting all these vhs trailers does he just no, have them <laughs> i have no idea I, um i just tell paul like you know you've he's done great curation in the past so i just let him have free reign do whatever he wants um as you guys, you guys went to some of the sh- uh, screenings last year, yep. right? And there's just some stuff that I never seen or heard of. So, yeah, uh, and Paul, and he he finds them somehow. And Paul's from uh, Daily Grindhouse. Yeah, correct? he he writes reviews for Daily Grindhouse. Um, I think he had an interesting series where he covered these like made for TV specials with act like the Paul Lynn like Halloween special or something. Yeah, he, like co- he like reviewed like he reviews <laughs> weird stuff like that. Um, that's his thing, and so uh, we're excited to have him again this year because he's got a lot of great movies coming up. Uh, well, if he brings if he brings anything like what Tom and I saw, Project Nightmare, over last summer, then we're in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he's got like I'll tell you real quick some of the titles. Like July twenty twenty fifth, we're showing a movie called Acting on Impulse mm. about an actress. It's an erotic thriller. Thriller. Um, well, I do love those. Yeah, and then on August 29th, Beyond the Seventh Door. Um, 
and then a nineteen that's a 1987 film and then the 26 we're showing a movie called the upstairs neighbor now there was a little bit of a time jump there you yeah, guys are taking you guys are taking some breaks yeah because june will be taking a break because there's special programming right at conversation right um which is called uh of the Power Project, where they invite curators for that month, uh, guest curators. So we we take a break in June, and then we start up again in July. I'm curious, how do you guys choose the curators that come in and um, to, you know program all these nights? I mean, is there do you just uh, reach out to people that have made films in the past, or you know, film writers? Where where do you get the the group from? Yeah, so uh, um, does the curated series, the guest curator series? I just reached out. We just reached out to a bunch of curators and, and asked them if they wanted to do it. Um, almost everybody that I asked said yes right away. So, and you know, each one, and I wanted to focus more on independent programmers and not ones that are already established. Um, so, mo- like we had Natasha uh, Walmack, who's uh, you know a writer, Afrofuturism uh, writer. I don't know if you've heard of her. She uh, she did something for us. Um, Emily Hutchings from Hume, which is a small space in Wicker Park. So, um, or no, I think they're still in Log- that's Logan Square because they're on Armitage. Right. Okay. So they, you know, I wanted to like focus on them, smaller programmers from smaller spaces. Um, and Hiromi as well. And her- and Hiromi, who did uh, Black Is Black Ain't, which the oh, was the Harold Riggins film. Um, that was last week. Mm-hmm. So she's. She programs in smaller spaces too, so we wanted to kind of feature them um, with this series. So that's pretty as, as far as that con- that series is concerned. That's pretty much how we went about it. We just I just asked them. Like I saw they were doing interesting stuff, and I asked them if they wanted to do something. Um, and then the rest of the time is people that email us, or you know, I, or I see somebody at another vendor. Like, can I do something there? Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of the programming happens that way. And I see that coming up in July, you have this film meets music series. It's uh, your silent films and loud music series. And that is sort of, it seems to be sort of a staple of what you guys do. And even better that it's going to be happening in the summer where it's going to be nice out. But having a a film event where there is also going to be live music being played is just sort of what Tom and I have seen sort of a a staple in the independent film community. Because you need to have aspects of your event that sort of go beyond the normal cinema going experience, right? Mm -hmm. And so what um, got you guys into picking the bands that you did? Or was it just them reaching out to you? Or did you guys hand curate that yourselves or yeah we we curate that ourselves um we i don't know i'm not as involved in the music scene as like uh, my co-program nando or emily is mm-hmm. so they've actually found two of the bands they're actually all three of the bands for the three weeks um which one did you uh the blood sisters nice we're, we're gonna be doing a silent film called uh phantom carriage which is like a 1921 swedish film yeah it's a it's a Swedish film. It's like my notes here. It's like, I call it the, "It's a Wonderful Life." The Swedish version of "It's a Wonderful Life," because okay. like a ghost visits a guy, and he kind of like re- goes on its carriage and kind of like relives his life. Okay, um, it's weird, but it's <laughs> but it's funny because a lot of these bands play like the most dark film. Like they pick because we give them a list of films to pick that they think would go with their music, and they always always pick like the darkest <laughs> film possible. <laughs> Which is, I think, it's interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I was so, gonna. Yeah, sorry, I was gonna ask what kind of music the Blood Sisters. So, like, what are we looking forward to? Yeah, here? the Blood Sisters. Uh, they do experimental synth music. Okay. Um, and then that was their pick, and so 
you know, it's about kind of finding bands that you think will be suited to this and that are going to be excited about it. And right. Yeah. And usually they pick something really appropriate. So like last year we had Dante's Inferno. Um, we started with Dante's Inferno and then we ended um, with Alice in Wonderland. And so everything kind of in between with uh, Trip to the Moon, like Sommelier. So that, that one was Sommelier films and you know, getting to see all these different aspects of what that can be doing live music. We've had um, experimental music that doesn't have any um, vocals, and then we've had, you know, bands that do lyrics as well. Yeah, we showed that Joan of Arc uh, silent film Mm -hmm. last year, and uh, uh, the artist, he was like, I can't recall his name now. Anyway, but he's like an opera-trained singer, and so he did like some operatic songs for Joan of Arc, which was amazing. Yeah. I had no idea. Usually we don't know what they're going to do yeah. until that night So because we give them free reign. So it, that was pretty amazing that It night. was really amazing. It was a very intense way to experience that. Yeah, and you movie, know, I don't know if you guys have seen that, ver- that Joan of Arc, the silent version, the French. Mm-hmm. I've not. It's, not, it's no. like pretty amazing film. Is it drier? I can't one? remember. I feel like... Is I feel like I saw it by proxy, and by proxy I mean I watched Five Hundred Days of Summer, and I think there's a scene where oh. they watch that, and like Zoe Deschanel is just in tears, like she's so overwhelmed by it, and there's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I it, it made me want to see it because I was like, forget you, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I want to feel something. It looks like you know, Whoa. It looks like my kind of yeah. Oh, I'm saying it. I'm, <laughs> it's a good take. Um, yeah, the other two bands is Side Hug and, and I can't even pronounce the other band, MK. McCott. Yeah. McCott Paul Thomas. Okay, yeah. As good as you. Must I have be. no idea. But <laughs> they haven't picked their, their movies yet, but so we're still waiting on them. But that's, that'll be three weeks in July for sure. And then we'll have Paul's other film in, at the end of July. All right. Something to touch on is that the fact that the, all these screenings are free. Yes. Correct? And um, I want to get both your thoughts on this. Why is it important that we have free cinema? Because a lot of people, when they think of going to the movies, it's like, I'm going to shell out like 30 bucks just to go see a movie and maybe get a popcorn and a drink. And it's this kind of really big businessy capitalist sort of thing. Whereas we have, you know, a lot of different series, comfort film included, where it's very important that these things are free, open to the public. Anybody can experience this. Um, why do we why do we need that? Why do we need to have free cinema for people? Well, um, I could say uh, I work in a movie theater. I also spent time in film school, and so you kind of see the changing state of movies. Movies used to be the inexpensive thing you can do on the weekends. You know, uh, you don't want to spend money going out. You you know, go to a movie and buy popcorn. It's a very very different landscape now. What the movies look like and what your options are too. Um, in what you see and what you can do. Yeah, now to go to a movie, it is an event and it is a big expenditure of money. And also it's been a thing with me talking to people and it's also apparent when you, you know, are studying film, I guess, to what the industry looks like. And here in Chicago, we have this big disparity between working in the industry um, and then, you know, working independently. And there's not a lot of, and this is true of the film industry in a lot of places too, because you have mega budgets and then you have independent budgets, which are rapidly shrinking. Um, We no longer have the million dollar movie, Mm -hmm. right? So um, having like, you know, that 
kind of middle ground. So what we need to do is be able to foster a place where this independent scene can thrive because as is apparent, there are tons of people making stuff and mm. wanting to share that. Um, and we've been having these guest curators. And what's interesting, too, is they're guest curators from all different parts of the city. Um, uh, for example, Hiromi uh, programs at the Learning Center, which is in Bridgeport. And, or the Learning Machine, I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, we also have people, you know, programming in Hume. And so, like, these mm-hmm. different places across the city, like, this is happening all across sh- Chicago. And to make it free and accessible to people is a big deal because it means that it's an invitation to openly take part in this art. And it's really good to have these places where it's not, you know, $10. Like, it, it's so much more inviting to, you know, be walking down the street and and see something, you know, oh, it's free, and then, okay, maybe that interests me. And you get to... I think also one of the important things about comfort is we're providing this free environment, and that free environment fosters a lot of different types of film. So we had, for example, um, we had, uh, we've had more academic things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the uh, Andre Bazan. Um, Bazin. Bazin. <laughs> okay. I've, I've, you know, I've tried to learn how to pronounce it. <laughs> I, I know it's French. I don't speak French. Uh, but yeah, we had uh, that um, night we had uh, a screening of a Fellini film and then we had readings of Andre Bazin, the famous film critic's mm-hmm. work following that. And then we also get to have released and abandoned the truly weird VHS tapes. And so to have both of those things be available and free um, really opens up the world of film to to make it not be just uh, one or the other. Right. It doesn't need to be Criterion Collection or no. Scream Fractor. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, part, of the, part of it too is like conversations are open space so we want to make the programming there open to broader p- public and not focus on like artsy things only and like artsy films or just documentaries or whatever. We want to ma- come across the board so that's welcoming to people because, you know, as I said before, like our spaces scare people mm-hmm. and we don't want to be that way. We want to be more open and welcoming. So that's why our programming, film programming is very like broad. Mm-hmm. And I think, Connor, you can attest to that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... The exhibition of art so that people can experience it in a group setting is super important. And cinema being an art where, like, visuals collide with sound and emotion and all and all of that on a screen where it's almost better to watch it with a big group of people. Having a depth of experience there is super important. I mean, you have, like, the corporate side of it where you can go to an IMAX and see any Star Wars movie every weekend because they're coming out every three days now. <laughs> or you can go to someplace like Comfort Film every Wednesday for the next three weeks in May and in July and see all of these things that you... these uh, have these experiences that you would otherwise never be able to have um, in a corporate place like in a movie theater. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, we're up against the clock here, so we're running out of time, but um, 
I just want to get make sure everybody has all the information for Comfort Station and then Comfort Film. So Comfort Station is at 2579 North Milwaukee over in Logan Square. It's that... Right across from the Logan Square. Right. And it's that house that mm-hmm. you've probably passed a million times and wondered, like, what's that doing there? And uh, Rolls in there. Programming yeah. <laughs> with Emily. Programming movies. Yeah. Doing it all. Um, music and everything. Uh, you can find their website over at ComfortStationLoganSquare.org. Um, and I know Comfort Film, though, has its own social media. Where can uh, people follow you? Yeah, on you can just do a search for Comfort Film on Facebook, and then we also have an Instagram, which is Comfort Film. Actually, it's Comfort under, underscore Film. That's the two main social social medias that we do, and also we have our own little section on the website. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, both of you, Raul Benitez and Emily Perez, both from Comfort Film. Uh, guys, get on out there. If you go on their Facebook page, they've got all the events coming up, and you can plan ahead. Uh, thank you both for so so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Uh, you've been listening to NoCo Cinema here on WGM+. Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago and all around the world. I am Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And uh, coming up next, we'll talk a little bit about our time over at the Chicago Critics Film Festival. We'll give a brief, brief recap of what we saw. Uh, so stick around. Back everybody, you're listening to Noco Cinema here on WGN Plus. Tom Hush, Connor, Connor Cornelius. Yeah, you get the okay. fucking gist. We're on a oh we're on my. a we're on a rush here. Okay, so really quickly, uh, we need to talk about the Chicago Critics Film Festival, fantastic film festival that just happened this past week. Um, so lucky to have Connor and I attend a few of the screenings, and um, we had a really great time. And we just wanted to touch on a few of the films that we saw. Um, Connor, you have a really good story that you need to lead off with. Okay, so I uh, I drove to the music box to go catch a film, uh, Puzzle, by Mark Turtletaub, um, uh, directed by Mark Turtletaub. Starring Kelly who, McDonald. Starring Kelly McDonald, and you probably know Mark Turtletaub uh, as a producer. He's produced um, Little Miss Sunshine, uh, just to name one. Great movie, obviously, but um, this is one of his first films directing. And so I get there a little bit late. They say most of the, as I show them the press pass, they tell me that there are very few seats left. So I get in, and there are two, there are three seats in the very back row that are open. And so I sit down in one of them up against these nice uh, elderly ladies who are very uh, nice to give me their seat. And uh, this old man, this man walks in and he has a, you know, sort of scraggly gray hair. He looks sort of tired um, and he tries to sit down uh, in this far chair, finds out it's broken. So he has to sit down immediately next to me and he um, gets up as soon as the movie starts. And I and I said, because there were some people that had come in and started standing 
And so he stood up and was standing to leave. And I said, hey, like, you can take my seat if you want to. And we can give these seats to the other people. Like, I'm young. I have young legs. I can stand. And some people heard me and were, were laughing at that. And then this really nice old lady leaned into my ear and said, I think that's the director of the movie. <laughs> you, should, you should be nice to him. <laughs> and, of course, I w- was trying to be nice. But then, yeah, I, so I'm watching this movie. It's called Puzzle about a uh, housewife who realizes through the uh, discovery of a hobby of puzzle building, uh, puzzle solving, that uh, her life has sort of been stifling her. And it's about her trip through um, ultimately finding empowerment by the end of the film. It was beautiful. Reminded me a lot of my mom emotionally. I really engaged with it. Um, And Kelly McDonald delivers an unbelievable performance, extremely uh, emotional and um, all in the face. It was beautiful. But as the lights come back on and the credits roll, uh, this man who's been sitting next to me, sure enough, stands up and he goes and delivers his Q and A. And it's Mark, uh, it's Mark fucking Turtletop. <laughs> so I had been because I was a little bit late to the screening. I actually got to sit next to one of Hollywood's most successful executive producers. That is unbelievable. And I, Connor I actually, told me this over lunch the other day, and I was dumbstruck. Yeah, and. It was really nice, and he. It was actually cool because I like I. I didn't know that it was him at the time, but I was so, I was emotionally. Re- this film emotionally resonated with me because I have a very close relationship with my mother and have seen her struggle to find empowerment. You know, after because we've all grown up, all of our kids, all of her kids have grown up, and yeah. so she had to find another way to you know engage with with life, and. Seeing that movie really reminded me of uh, seeing my mom go through that, and then ultimately when my mom did find that, it it uh, yeah, it was it was a beautiful movie. Yeah, and I, I had a nice conversation with Mark in the in the lounge at the music yeah. box afterwards. And I think um, that's that's really the mark of something great is that uh, when you go to see a movie and it does resonate that well, and it makes so much sense in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, when you were telling me about this film, unfortunately I could not attend that screening, but, um, just the, the raw amount of emotion that was just in your eyes and in your description and in the way that you were talking about this movie just sold it, sold me on it. I just have to see it when, uh, when we get, when I get the chance, hopefully very, very soon. But, um, that's the best part about going to film festivals is that you just walk into something totally nonplussed about what's going to happen right. like who knows what it could be you could totally hate it you could totally love it and you're just taking a risk on a piece of cinema and um walking out with a, a new favorite thing a new thing that you tr- can truly love and truly attach yourself to exactly and now tom you saw some pretty good stuff as well yeah um if you guys i'll plug the mini uh did a quick little mini on monday covering the uh films fast color and also the jurassic park tw- 25th anniversary screening which uh if you haven't listened to you can get my full thoughts there i'm not going to go into it now because i think i said my piece uh about fast color which was personally my favorite film of the festival one that i really really enjoyed um and also about getting to see jurassic park for the first time on the big on the big screen that is seen it many times elsewhere but what i think but what i think you should go into is you got to see bo burnham's eighth grade yes um i will i will give a little uh 
time to a movie called Support the Girls, uh, directed by Regina Hall. Or sorry, not directed by Regina Hall, but starring Regina Hall, who some of you may remember from being in the scary movie mm-hmm. films. Like I always kind of knew her as a comedian, and um, it was interesting to see her in this movie that basically follows a cast of women uh, who work in a Hooters style kind of like um, oh, restaurant. Right. Yeah. And it was it was really. As someone who works industry on the side, you know, I'm in the service and in, service industry on the side. Um, it was a fantastic look into um, what it's like in a way that's not overly comedic. Um, uh, coming to mind things like, have you ever seen the movie Waiting with Ryan no. Reynolds? No, I haven't. Um, that's a little bit more like gross out kind of style comedy very a very male way of looking at the service industry which there's nothing wrong with that inherently but it lends itself to a certain perspective right with support the girls it was such a a more honest and uh loving in a way especially towards the relationships between the co-workers uh while still being incredibly funny most of the time um i felt it was much more true to the experience of these kind of intense but fleeting relationships that you build when you work in the service industry as people kind of come and go you have to build this family um very quickly and kind of understand them and um sometimes at the end of the day it's the only thing that is between you and uh a bunch of assholes really right and um the way that it, it, you know, they showed these girls as being exploited because they had no other choice. And it's, you know, uh, the all the problems in their life are mainly caused by men. And um, it's just too true. And, I, you know, you can call me whatever you want. You can call me, you know, be, you know a feminist loser or whatever. But, you know, what? it's the fucking truth. Yeah. Deal with it. I really don't know how else to put it because... It's, I mean, especially in this type of restaurant, this is just what happens to women. Right. Tom um, and I both have friends that work in the service industry, and we've heard horror stories. Yeah. So to see it not be played for the waiting experience or the service industry experience, not be pay- played for gross-out gags, and to have yeah. a little bit more of a realistic view, that sounds that sounds important. Yeah. Fantastic range by uh, Regina Hall as an actress. Uh, so quick. Uh, eighth grade. Oh, my God. So there is... There, Bo Burnham. There is, I will say this, there is a review embargo on this movie, so I'm not going to review the movie itself. What I'm going to say is that um, Bo Burnham's Q&A was absolutely spectacular. He really covered a lot of the film's themes in terms of, like, performance online, um, you know, how, what it's like to basically be a, a kid, a, an adolescent in this day and age. And... Um, he was so funny and so sincere and he's such a smart guy that it's so exciting to see him take off, you know, in this way for this, this film. Um, all, I guess not, I'm going to put a disclaimer. This is not a review of the film, but when it gets its wide, it's getting its wide release this summer, go see it, go see it because it deals with the subject of being an eighth grader in such a realistic and honest and yet, funny way almost like in a lot of ways like support the girls it's a really just a really great drama that despite being written and directed by a man it the the lead character is a girl and i think that um only you know only through whatever (laughs) powers of empathy i possess i was really able to feel like wow this is a really true experience i think a lot of the audience saw that watched that movie and felt like wow this is a really true experience it spoke spoke to a lot of different facets and despite bo burnham not growing up in this day and age he clearly understands a lot about um 
having to deal with social media and anxiety and tech anxiety and that kind of thing. So if you get a chance to go see eighth grade when it comes out, uh, I I definitely think you should. I think it would be worth your time to go see that movie. Um, if you want to hear me talk more about it, you can go on WGNRadio.com. I was on the uh, very late show with Patty Vasquez talking a little bit about that. And uh, I go into a little bit more depth about it. But obviously, we're a little bit out of time. But thank you so much for listening uh, to this slightly abbreviated but altogether fantastic we episode. We love each and every one of you We equally. love you so much. Um, and thank you so much for following us. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the show on iTunes, but you can catch us every Monday on iTunes and also on WGNRadio.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Instagram. The Gram. We're on Scram. Love it. Uh, so please follow us there. We're going to be going to a lot more events and stuff like that. So if you want to see what the Chicago film scene looks like, if you can't make it out yourself, we want to see you at these events because I think this is the best way to engage with it. But uh, you can live vicariously through our social media platforms because that is the language of the day. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I am Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we will see you next week. 